You're listening to the Spiritual Awakening Show. Welcome to part 11 of the ongoing Kundalini Awakening series. I go by Brent Spirit, and today we're diving deep into the topic of Kundalini and the practice of yoga, mainly focusing on things like asana and movement that you might find at a Western yoga class. Together, we'll be exploring what yoga is really all about, where it comes from, why you should be cautious when practicing it, and about who you practice it with, and more. Be sure to visit the other sections of this series, which outline some fundamental principles and practices to assist you through your Kundalini awakening, if you haven't yet already. You can connect with me online on Instagram, at Brent Spirit, and you can visit brentspirit.com to find more free content, or to learn about meeting with me one-on-one. You can also send me an email with any questions you may have about your Kundalini process. I'll be happy to respond. Enjoy the episode. So this is a huge topic, the idea of yoga and kundalini. Essentially, the entire topic of spirituality, awakening, self-realization, and all that falls under the umbrella of the topic of yoga. But today, I want to specifically focus on offering a deeper understanding and a broader picture of the yoga scene in the Western world, and offer some tips for navigating it within the context of your kundalini awakening transformation. Spiritual aspirants often reach out to me via email or in sessions with a situation that goes something like this. They were feeling like trying something new, managing anxiety, and or getting some exercise in. And so they went to a few yoga classes at a local studio. There, the teacher guided them through some practices of breath work, known as pranayama, some movement and postures, known as asanas, and some form of meditation. Sometime later, maybe a few weeks, the spiritual aspirant began to feel some very strange things. Energy moving through their body, maybe specifically up the spinal column, having strange sensory experiences like seeing auras, out-of-body experiences, lucid dreaming, emotional upheaval, sudden deep meditative experiences, maybe even some spontaneous body movements. In short, they began to experience signs of a kundalini process, most likely not knowing exactly what was happening. And so, naturally, they approached their teacher at the yoga studio, hoping for some answers and guidance. But the yoga teacher couldn't seem to help them much, and the aspirant became confused, scared, and generally lost about what to do in terms of the strange phenomena that they were experiencing after attending those yoga classes. So what's really going on in a situation like this? Which, by the way, is rather common. Well, that's what I want to unpack today. Be warned, I might step on some toes here, but I feel that it's important and it's something that I'm passionate about. Yoga in the West is a far cry from its origins in the East. What's offered at local yoga studios is usually done so in a haphazard way by teachers that are unaware of what they're really offering. With that said, most people do in fact benefit a lot from these classes. There's great fun in moving, connecting mindfully with the body, becoming stronger and more flexible, and in joining a like-minded community. I myself am a trained yoga teacher and I've spent plenty of time in yoga studios bouncing around on the mat. Most people that visit yoga studios are not in a position to really have any significant spiritual awakening shifts happen as a result of practicing yoga in these ways. They'll be just fine and they won't have to deal with a difficult and challenging spiritual unfolding. But a select few people are sensitive and on the brink of a spiritual transformation and shifts and they can have their systems pushed too quickly which can lead to a kundalini awakening as a result of things like asana and pranayama practice. And if they lack proper guidance, 
they can find themselves struggling and alone while trying to navigate the experience. So I'm sure you know, yoga originated in India thousands of years ago. The word itself means union, implying union with God. It refers to the uniting of Shakti with Shiva. It's about the experience of Kundalini Shakti rising from the base of the spine to the crown and bringing about a direct and lived experience of self-realization. Therefore, all yoga is really Kundalini Yoga. All yoga is really Kundalini Yoga. So one of the most essential yogic texts, the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, which is where much of the inspiration for the practice of movement and postures that we see today comes from, this text only mentions a very limited amount of postures. It speaks of using these postures to prepare the body to sit in meditation. And most of the text is actually about sitting with the aim of attaining a kundalini rising and then entering into samadhi in meditation. So how did the original authors of the texts like the Hatha Yoga Pradipika come to know about these different postures and practices to bring about self-realization? Well, they certainly didn't just make them up themselves through trial and error or through the logic of the intellectual mind or ego. They simply observed the spontaneous phenomena of Kriyas as they were occurring for those already in the midst of a Kundalini process. And after enough observation, they documented these different experiences, poses, postures, and breathwork and created these texts. So remember, they were not overly focused on postures and movement. They weren't doing arm balances and handstands or obsessed with anatomy or posing perfectly like many yoga practitioners are today. They were concerned with attaining union with God, with the direct lived experience of yoga through the kundalini process and through samadhi in meditation. But the West has ignored those latter two points and instead focused solely on poses and postures. And over time, people have been able to separate the practice of yoga from the idea of kundalini awakening and meditative samadhi. The West's obsession with the physical, with the body, and with anything exotic contributed to the practice of yoga being propped up into a massive industry. Today, we have so many people teaching yoga and even creating their own styles of yoga, but very few of them are actually self-realized with awakened kundalini and ability to access samadhi in meditation. And as a result, we now have people practicing things like postures and breathing exercises completely disconnected from what these practices were originally intended for. And then, of course, a few people do begin to experience kundalini phenomena inadvertently, and then they end up in tricky situations without guidance or support. So why then are most yoga teachers unable to offer any guidance and support themselves? Well, the main reason is that it's far beyond their scope. Please understand this. No person can directly assist or guide you on your kundalini awakening journey if they have not undergone the process themselves. They may be very smart, kind, caring, open-minded, educated people. They may have studied everything about kundalini awakening, yoga, and spirituality. They may have all sorts of credentials. But if they have not experienced it themselves, they cannot directly help you with the specifics of your kundalini process. They may be able to support you in other ways, indirectly, related to the smooth unfolding of your process, but you cannot expect them to understand or guide you on the topic of kundalini specifically, even if the practices that they taught you or guided you through are what led to your kundalini awakening. Most yoga teachers at a studio have something like 200 to 500 hours of training. They were most likely trained by someone who had been teaching yoga for a long time. 
But that doesn't mean that any of them are self-realized or that they know anything about what Kundalini really is all about through direct experience. Remember that anyone can claim to be a yoga teacher. There are no requirements. One doesn't even need to take a simple 200-hour training course. Even with these courses and programs, the focus is mainly on postures and movement. They're not concerned with kundalini awakening or even meditation, generally speaking, from what I've witnessed. Even kundalini yoga, which is the brand of yoga as founded by Yogi Bhajan, this is also to be approached with discernment by the sincere seeker or kundalini aspirant. They're teachers as well. They just take a few hundred hours of training and then they're permitted to go and teach very powerful techniques without proper understanding or direct experience themselves. Ashtanga yoga which is the lineage from India founded by Patabi Joyce, is another questionable tradition with similar patterns of simply pumping out teachers around the world that don't necessarily have any genuine self-realization or experience with Kundalini. Ashtanga Yoga has its origins in European calisthenics. If you go and look back at the history, it's pretty clear. So it's a blend of fitness and asana, branded to appear ultra-spiritual and esoteric. But they're not dealing with genuine self-realization. They're overly obsessed with perfecting postures and not much else. Just go to any Ashtanga studio and see this for yourself. Keep in mind as well, both Yogi Bhajan and Patabi Joyce have very questionable histories riddled with abuse allegations. There's even a video online of Patabi Joyce performing the most dangerous adjustments on his students, touching them in perverted and violating ways. And it's from the Ashtanga lineage that many yoga teachers today have been inspired without really looking into its origins. So in my opinion, these people were just running a business. The more students they could train to be teachers of their style of yoga, the more powerful and influential they became. Genuine self-realization was not something that they were really interested in. And many other yoga schools have followed the same sort of business model of selling yoga teacher training programs to students and giving them the certification and the authority to go out and teach without necessarily having any direct experience of self-realization or spiritual awakening or kundalini awakening or deep uh, meditation and samadhi. So that's why there are millions of yoga teachers, but so few with any direct experience of these things. And uh, which I might remind you are, of course, the goals of the practice itself. Most yoga teachers that I've met, they don't even have a simple meditation practice. At these yoga studios, the general attitude towards the idea of self-realization, samadhi, enlightenment, or even kundalini awakening is that it's a very far out and lofty goal, probably meant to be attained in something like, you know, maybe a thousand lifetimes for now. Certainly not this lifetime is what they seem to imply and feel. Because it's approached in this way, many don't even bother trying to aim for self-realization or enlightenment or a kundalini awakening or experiencing samadhi in meditation. But of course, if you've been following along with my work, with the series, I'm sure you've already sort of integrated this idea into your own life. This is all attainable for you in this lifetime, as long as you maintain a sincere desire and curiosity. There are many living, genuinely self-realized people alive today. Keep this in mind. It's very, very attainable for you as long as you commit to the process. And so that's my long-winded rant about why you shouldn't expect your local yoga studio teacher to help you in the midst of your kundalini process. They most likely don't have a clue about how to address these things, and that's okay. So how can we approach the idea of practicing movement-based yoga? 
Should we steer clear of it altogether? I don't think that's completely necessary because of course there are some benefits. So instead of avoiding it altogether, it's important to cultivate discernment. So look at your teachers and question what the limits of their scope of knowledge and experience are and allow them to support you and guide you within their scope, but don't expect them to help you much beyond that. And the same goes for those who are teaching yoga at these studios and whatnot. Know your own scope, know what you're talking about, research and practice beyond your simple training program and be humble and ready to admit that you don't know all the answers and have resources available to refer your students to when they come to you with challenging, energetic, spiritual, meditative or non-physical, maybe even supernatural phenomena that's challenging for them. Because the practices that we engage in at these yoga studios, whether we're spiritual or not, whether we believe in it or not, they're very, very potent when it comes to moving energy around in the body, when it comes to allowing the nervous system to enter into those deeper, more relaxed, higher states of consciousness, like deep meditation and whatnot. Discernment is an invaluable skill to develop on the Kundalini Awakening path. You will likely begin to fly by many of your teachers, mentors, and inspirational figures very quickly. So seek out the greatest teachers that you can find, whether they're in books, in person, or in the non-physical planes. Do not settle for mediocrity. When it comes to the actual practice of yoga and movement, remember that the origins of all these postures comes from the innate intelligence of the human body itself. Your body knows how to move, how to breathe in order to heal and evolve. Just like how a dog doesn't need to be taught downward dog pose, you too have the same intuitive knowledge of your own body and what it needs to. You can certainly go out and enjoy some yoga classes at yoga studios, but remember not to push too hard beyond what your body is asking. Listen to your body. Truly listen. It knows what it needs more than anyone outside could ever know. One practice you can do is to make time and space to be alone where you can move freely. Begin to just breathe and flow in a natural and intuitive way. Move at a pace that feels right for you. Let go and surrender to any spontaneous impulses. If you relax into this state, especially with awakened kundalini, you might enter into a beautiful flow of kriyas. This is real yoga. When it comes to pranayama specifically, I personally advise against practicing it unless you're working one-on-one with an awakened teacher or if it happens spontaneously for you without effort. These breathing exercises are very powerful and are often taught and practiced carelessly. Ask yourself, do all 20 or 30 people in a yoga class need the exact same type of breath work to benefit them each individually? Of course not. Everyone has a different disposition, different state of health, different state of consciousness, and is at a different place in their life. There are no one-size-fits-all pranayama practices that will benefit everyone in the room at the same time. Some might feel great, and others might feel really unbalanced, sometimes to the point of inducing mental illness. So this whole topic of kundalini and yoga has been a major theme on my journey. A year or so after my initial kundalini rising, I was being called deep into my body and out of my head as the awakening was being integrated. I experienced spontaneous kriyas and movements, but not as much as some others do. So I became curious about what the yoga scene and all the postures were really all about. I decided to dive deep into a yoga teacher training program to learn as much as I could. At this point, I had already understood the importance of discernment. So before the course began, I approached the teacher and I asked her directly, what is your experience with Kundalini Awakening? 
She admitted that she had no direct experience with it. I accepted this honest answer. I turned within myself and I asked my own Kundalini for guidance. I received the green light to go ahead with the program. And throughout the program, I knew not to expect the teacher to support me beyond her scope. And so I kept in touch with other teachers who had undergone the Kundalini process. From childhood, I spent much of my life outside of my body, especially during certain parts of my awakening. Through the yoga teacher training program, I found myself really learning how to be within my body, to move mindfully, to feel everything, to trust and to surrender. This helped me to really allow my awakening to be integrated into my body. And this is just how my path unfolded for me. For you, it will likely be a little different and unique. What's important is to understand what yoga is really all about, which is, of course, self-realization after the relative completion of the kundalini process. Along the way, it's important to use discernment when seeking support from teachers and guides, and to ultimately remember that the greatest and most reliable teacher is the one within yourself. Check in with yourself, listen to your body, and allow the kundalini shakti, which is who you really are at your core, to guide you along your journey. I hope this insight has been useful for you. You can send me a line with any feedback at info at brentspirit.com. You can also message me on Instagram at brentspirit with any questions or comments that you may have. I'd love to hear from you. You can visit brentspirit.com to find more free content like this, to find out about meeting with me one-on-one -on -one to discuss some of the challenges of your spiritual journey, or to make a donation to support this work if you find it meaningful. Thanks so much for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode in my ongoing Kundalini Awakening series. Much love. Peace.